So I will invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke and chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, we read beginning at verse 33 and we end our reading at verse 36. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. Now we have been on a journey in the Gospel of Luke, and uh, this morning we are in verse 33 and following, but you will remember that the last time that we dealt with this particular chapter, we came to that uh, climax. The Lord Jesus Christ is giving his verdict. And, and perhaps we need to give the, the context of what is happening here. The Lord Jesus Christ, remember that he went about, that's what Luke says in volume two, that's uh, in the Acts of the Apostles. The Lord Jesus Christ went about doing good, healing the people, and rescuing all those who were oppressed by demons. He was performing miracles. And in that day when the Lord Jesus Christ lived, we read oftentimes that he healed them all. So that at the end of the day, there was really just two options if you thought about who Jesus Christ is or was. There's just, there was no third option. Either this man was from God or he was from the devil. There's just no other option at all. The miracles he performed, oftentimes he himself said, if you don't believe because of what I say, believe because of what I do. It's the works that I do that give confirmation that I have come from God. And unfortunately, uh, the Pharisees and the scribes and the leaders of the people, uh, they said that this man is from the devil. This man, he performs these miracles because of Beelzebub. That is what they said. That is the blasphemy 
that they began to spread among the people. And ultimately, the people appear to have adopted that kind of thinking, that this Messiah, that this Savior who has been working and God bearing him witness by the miracles that he performed was from God, they said, no, he is from the devil. And that is how, remember, the Lord Jesus Christ says to them, this is a sinful and this is a wicked generation. It's a generation of people who in the presence of all these miraculous signs, they rejected the Messiah. Not only did they reject the Messiah, they even went further and said to him, if you really want us to believe in you, then we want you to show us a sign from heaven. the Lord Jesus Christ finally said to them, no sign is going to be given to you except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. And that he spoke about his death. But then we saw again how they reacted when the Lord Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. We are told that they bribed the guards who had been there and witnessed this miracle. The son of God rising from the dead on the third day, according to the scriptures, they bribed them and said, you should tell the people while we were sleeping, his disciples came and stole his body away. So the sign of their wickedness is that they are still demanding a sign. But this morning, we go further. And the point that I will be making this morning is that not only were they demanding a sign, but the real problem with them, the real evidence that this is a wicked and a sinful generation is the fact that in the presence of so much light, they still did not see it. Here is the light of the world, the Bible tells us. Here is the light that lightens every man, John tells us. And here he is publicly and clearly <coughs> set forth before them by God. And they say they cannot see him. You know, it's like uh, if somebody who was blind came to you and said, 
Can you prove to me that there is the Son? I mean, it's there. It's, it's, it defies language. What are you going to say to them? That the Son is there and is shining in full strength. And here is the Son of God. God the Son. God incarnate. And he has been raising the dead. He has healed lepers. Made the lamb walk. And the Jews said, that's not enough. Give us a sign from heaven. So that when you read those verses then in verse 33, although they seem obscure at first reading, they are in fact not as obscure. What the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to see is that he is the light that has come from God. And right there in the midst of them, he is the one whom God has sent. Remember, at his baptism, we are told there is a voice from heaven that confirms him in his call. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the Jewish leaders said, no, you are not. You are not the light. If you want us to believe that you are the light, then perform a sign from heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ has already warned them that on the day of judgment, the queen from the south will rise up against this generation because she believed in the God of Solomon with very little light. That the men of Nineveh will rise up in judgment against this generation and convict them because the men of Nineveh believed even when a racist prophet, a reluctant prophet, came to preach the good news of God's forgiveness to them. They believed with so much less light. Now, here is the full light of the gospel. Here is the full light from God to human beings. The Lord Jesus Christ himself. And he says to the people, if you have seen me, you have seen God. And yet, they cannot see it. They refuse to see it. And they demand 
other side. So, this is the issue. It is not light. It is sight. That is what the issue in this passage. It is not the light at all. It is that they cannot perceive the light of God. They cannot perceive the Messiah sent from God standing right there in the midst of them. I I haven't heard people speak like that, but I recall when I was a young Christian sharing the gospel. uh, Once every while you would meet somebody who would say that, you know what? I really wish that God could speak to me the way he spoke to the people in the Bible. Maybe I would believe. Be careful if you think like that. Here are people, here is an example of a people who met the Lord Jesus Christ face to face, heard his word, saw his miracles, and they still did not believe. What makes you think that you will really believe if you hear a voice from God? No wonder the Lord Jesus Christ in the context of remember Lazarus, uh, he says, maybe if someone rises from the dead, they will believe. You recall how Abraham answered, they have the law, they have Moses, Let them hear, let them believe. If they do not believe the law, if they do not believe Moses, neither will they believe even if someone should rise from the dead. Because the problem is not light. The problem is the lack of sight. That is the problem. The light is right there before them. But they cannot see that light. Now, perhaps what is even worse for these Pharisees in the second place is not just that light was there and they couldn't see it. What is even worse is that they thought they could see And they insisted that they can see. Do you know, if they had said to themselves, you know, perhaps I need to rethink this matter. I'm not sure. That wasn't how they put it. They believed that they were light to the Gentiles. They believed that they should be teaching other people the things of God. And all the while, they were blind. And you will find in various passages in the Bible, the Lord Jesus Christ again and again remonstrated with them and called them blind. For instance, if you turn to Matthew and chapter 23, you recall when the Lord Jesus Christ 
was uh, saying those woes to the Pharisees. Pick it up in verse 16. Woe to you, blind guides. And in verse 17, you blind fools. In verse 19, you blind men. In verse 24, you blind guides. And that was the issue. They were blind, but they thought that they, they could see. They thought that they, they were the wisest. They, they understood the scriptures. They, they belonged to God. And often the Lord Jesus Christ said, if you belong to God, you would receive me because I came from God. And so it is a, a real problem. Isn't it? Even today, isn't it the our biggest struggle to bring to people to know the Lord as we share the gospel. The most difficult are the religious ones, aren't they? Yeah, Because they think that they know it. They think that there's nothing you can tell them. That uh, they have the light when in fact the light in them is darkness. And that's how the Lord Jesus Christ here says if the Light in you is darkness, then indeed your whole body is full of darkness. And you're going to continue in that darkness until you stumble out of this life into an eternal eternity in darkness. The basic problem of the Pharisees is that they refused to believe in Jesus. And they refused to believe in Jesus because he convicted them of their sin. He called on them to humble themselves before God, to acknowledge that they are sinners. They rejected that message in favor of the message that says, we are the children of Abraham. We don't need anything. In fact, we can actually end our way back to God. And they rejected his offer of grace and mercy. They rejected that grace that God offered to them. And they chose rather to rely on their own self-efforts to make them right with God. Now, it is at this point really that uh, the New Testament writers help us 
to see something of God's sovereignty. They, they, they help us to not only see God's sovereignty, but they help us to know how to interpret the Old Testament. See, the, the Old Testament is a closed book until you come to the New Testament. And one of the things that the gospel writers do, and especially somebody like Luke, is to help us to begin to see, to interpret, to understand the Old Testament. Because it gives us the reason why in the light of so much light, the Jews, the Pharisees, the scribes, cannot see the light of God. And first of all, in order for us to see this, I wanted to begin to show you by showing through the Gospels that this is something that's extremely important. Let's begin with Matthew. Matthew and chapter 13. Matthew and chapter 13. And uh, if you read with me beginning at verse 13. Perhaps to pick it up in verse 10 so we get the whole context. It says, then the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. It says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes have been closed. Lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal. So you notice there that the Lord Jesus Christ, in seeking to explain the unbelief of the Pharisees, he quotes Isaiah 6, the one we have just read. He quotes Isaiah 6. It's exactly the same thing if you go to Mark and chapter 4. Mark and chapter 4. The Lord Jesus Christ there again, that's uh, Mark's rendering of that parable of the sower. And in chapter 4, he tells us the following. Verse 10. 
And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable, and he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that once again, he goes into that quotation, and it's Isaiah chapter 6. You will find it also in Luke chapter 8. We have already dealt with it. Uh, I recall that we spent some time when we're in chapter 8, but uh, bear the repetition. We go back to Luke 8, and uh, in verse 9, and when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom, but for others they are in parables, and then once again he says, seeing they may see, they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Again, it's Isaiah 6 that's there. And the next where we find Isaiah 6 quoted in the gospel is John 12. That's the one we have, uh, our brother Chris read for us this morning. Now, I'll come back to that as the last. But did you realize that that is also found in Acts chapter 28? So if you turn with me to Acts 28, the apostle Paul is speaking to the Jews and sharing the gospel with them. And this is what he says in chapter 28, beginning at verse. Verse 23. And when they had appointed a day for him, they came him at his lodging in greater numbers. Those are the Jews. From morning till evening, he, that is the Apostle Paul, expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, and he quotes Isaiah chapter 6, go to these people and say, you will indeed hear, never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For these people's heart has grown dull, and with their heart, their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes have been closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, I would heal them. And the last place where that is quoted is Romans chapter 11. We will not read that. But this is enough. At the point I am making here is that the New Testament writers help us to understand the Old Testament writings and it is an explanation for the blasphemy, for the unbelief of the Jews against the one and only Savior of sinners. is basically this. Here is the light. 
here is the truth. And what was their response according to John? They rejected the light. They rejected the truth. Why? Because men love darkness rather than the light. God says, God says to them, you don't want the light? I will make sure that you enjoy the darkness. And in his justice, they are blinded. At first, they will not see. But finally, they could not see. Remember the story of Pharaoh. The Bible tells us that he hardens his heart. And then God said to him, Really? You want a hard heart? I'll give you one. And he left him in his own hardness of heart until he is destroyed. This is a real warning to all of you who hear my voice this morning. Because you live in a day when there is so much light. And the question is, how have you responded to that light? Have you embraced that light? Do you love that light? Are you saying to yourself, thank God for the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ? Or you are content with being blind. And if you are content with being blind, God will finally say to you, fine, you want blindness? Blindness you shall have. Remember how the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy says, ever learning, never coming to the knowledge of the truth. That is God's judgment on those who ignore the light of the gospel of Christ. And therefore, in the words of that hymn that we just sang, that light, that comes through Jesus Christ, the one who takes the curse of God in the behalf of the guilty, the one who willingly goes to the cross and bears our sin and suffers and dies in our place, that is the one we must seek, to whom we must cry for salvation. And we must not rest until in his grace, our eyes have been opened and we love him and seek him 
and make him our treasure. Because that the judgment, the judgment that fell upon the Jews. Absolutely. judgment that came upon those who rejected the light of Christ. My friend, may that judgment not be your portion in this life. May God by his amazing grace in Jesus Christ soften your heart and cause you to see in the Lord Jesus Christ all that your soul has desired. It is in Christ alone. And only he can rescue you and I and make us the children of God. If we persist in our love for sin, if we persist in our blindness, then our portion will be the judicial blind. your blindness upon us. Now sometimes people have difficulties with uh, the sovereignty of God. Uh, my advice to you is believe the scripture that we believe in a sovereign and amazing God. The scripture is not asking you to understand and explain and comprehend him. But to believe his word. And call upon his name. And to be saved. So. That's the call of God to us this Lord's Day morning. We have received the light of the gospel just like these men did when the Lord Jesus Christ walked this earth. But that light of the gospel has continued to move on throughout history and has come in our day. And my prayer this morning that there will be none who hears my voice of all those that the Lord has brought into this place who will have a heart that is not inclined to the Savior, a heart that does not regard him as the only treasure worth having in this life. Remember how the Lord Jesus Christ himself puts it. That the kingdom of God is like that man who went and found treasure in a field. Then he said, he went and sold everything else he had just that he could possess that field because of the treasure. Have you found in Jesus Christ of Nazareth a treasure? Is he the real, genuine desire of your heart and are you seeking to live for him to walk with him
to spend all your life, all your resources for his honor and for his glory. Is it your desire to say, for me to live is Christ. Life without Christ is meaningless for me. That God's grace has dawned upon me that unless I live for Christ, everything else is meaningless. My friends, I say to you, look to Jesus. Cry to Jesus. Seek him. Otherwise, if you ignore that light, if you reject that light, like John 1 says, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. But to all who received and believed in his name, he gave them the right to become sons of God. That's the blessing and the promise of the gospel to every repenting and believing sinner. And I urge you this morning, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to the salvation of your soul. Let us pray.